The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. On this week's Court TV podcast, jury selection for the Harvey Weinstein rape trial has begun, and as expected, things are over the top. Protesters on the courthouse steps, motions to recuse the judge, and the unexpected appearance of a supermodel in the juror pool are just the tip of the iceberg for what's already shaping up to be one of the most talked about trials in years. This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinnie Politan and Seema Iyer. Welcome to the Court TV Podcast. Great to have you with us. I am Vinnie Politan, seated across from the smiling Seema Iyer. Yes, smiling. And I'll tell you why she's smiling. I'm already crying because, laughing. Because we are on the eve of the trial yes. of Harvey Weinstein. And this yes. is one where Seema has done so much work in the buildup to this trial that if there was a plea deal, <laughs> I think her head would explode if the trial doesn't actually happen. I would be devastated. Yeah. I really would. But luckily, Knockwood, jury selection well underway. It's happening every day. 120 prospects roll into the courthouse. And every day, uh, the defense accompanies those prospects with emotion. This yeah. has been motion after motion after motion. It's been a, a very litigious case. But from my experience is when the more money a criminal defendant has, the more motions are filed, the more litigating there is because your legal team is bigger and you have an opportunity to do all of that. But you've got all these New Yorkers rolling into the courthouse every day. It, it, to, to me, it's amazing that um, so many of them are being just uh, summarily dismissed because they cannot be fair and impartial. So, But they're being honest about it, which is good. That Oh, well, some of them, right, because we have spoken to some that are saying, yeah, no, I can't be fair and impartial. Right. And they raise their hand. So just, you know, in terms of the process, these uh, prospects are getting a questionnaire. And a lot of people are criticizing the process so far because why weren't the questionnaires sent to their homes with uh, jury service, because maybe this would go quicker, because there are a lot of half days happening. You know, they come in 120 prospects, asked if they can be fair, usually what, like 40 to 50 hands? Yeah, 40 or up. 50 can't be. But I, I appreciate that, that they're being honest, at least. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and here's the other thing, though. This questionnaire is very thorough. Yes, it is. It's I a, have a copy there's a in lot front of, of pages. me. It's on our website, courtney.com. So, uh, yeah, it's like 14 pages, 70 plus questions. But... Uh, and know, it's and it's not multiple choice or true and false. I mean, they got to actually write out the answers. No, here. these aren't the SATs. That's right. right. This is actually a right. So you are learning a lot about no. these jurors from this questionnaire. As a matter of fact, you probably know more from that questionnaire than you would know in most trials uh, when you're picking a jury. Be honest. I don't think it's that. Uh, intrusive as you're making it out to be. I mean, a lot of these are just general stuff. You know, where do you live? What neighborhood, education level, employment, 
uh, questions like prior jury service. So I, to me, those are the general ones, that. but there's some other ones that get into the, the nitty gritty and issues uh, surrounding this case. And I think that and I think by the time the lawyers have that filled out questionnaire for a juror, I know where you're going with this. They, no, I know where you're going. They I'm, really I'm not, don't I'm not need engaging to. They don't you. need to no. ask more questions. I mean, oh, I think oh, you I, so just like let's just forget about phase two. Well, maybe a couple follow up questions, but there's not as much that is usually necessary during the voir dire or voir dire process, depending upon what part of the country you're coming from. That's right. Because of the thoroughness of this questionnaire put out there by my friend. No, he's not my friend. I haven't met him, but I like Judge Burke. Oh, I can see you guys being friends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you you know what? By the way, did I tell you? Because I know you're really concerned with um, keeping up your athletic form while we're in New York. But there is a basketball court right behind the courthouse. Behind the courthouse. Yeah. And I think Judge Burke plays in that court, too. So, well, I'll get, so during hits, you can go. I'll get in a run with Judge Burke. I yeah, think it'll be a good can bonding. Yeah, you guys hang out and go play some uh, yeah, hoops. hoops. E- exactly. So, okay, the questionnaire is the first part. And now every day, you know, 120 people show up and then they get at least some of them after filling out the questionnaire to say, yeah, we can go to phase two. And then phase two will be what you were referring to. And that is the opportunity for the judge and both sides to question this group. Uh First problem I have with this is they're only allowing 20 per round. 20 what? 20 people. 20 people. Okay. And I'll tell you why I have a problem with this. Uh, And again, go on CourtTV.com. Check out CourtTV because we've been showing what the inside of that courtroom looks like. Uh, And there are plenty of seats so the group can be bigger. I don't understand why they're only questioning 20 people. Maybe it's more intimate. So so you bring in 20 jurors at a time and you get a much better feel for who these 20 folks are. Listen, it doesn't make sense. You're going to have, when you get to phase two, there's going to be uh, probably around 200 people. Right. And from Chanley Painter, our correspondent, saying those 200 people aren't even going to fit in the courtroom. So this is going to take forever. I am saying I have picked juries in that room. And what you do is you put like, you could fit like, I think, 20, 22 in the box. And then... Then there's two rows right to like if so if I'm facing the jury to my left there's two rows put people in the rows because they used to make us do that I know I'm just a nobody you know I was not a fancy lawyer like these guys and I'm not you know having a fancy client like Harvey Weinstein but it makes the process go by so much more efficiently is if you're talking to a group of, let's say, 40 people. Instead, instead of, 20. of 20 at a time. Yeah. So, so it'll take you about half the time to do it. But you don't think they're going to get – I think they're going to get through it. I mean, how much time are they allotting uh, to question these 20 folks at a time? Uh, that's what I want to get into. I don't want to talk about it. What do you mean you don't want to talk? This is I'm a podcast. Too upset. I'm too upset. Wait, I'm too wait. upset. It is driving me insane. But we have listeners, right? And the point of a podcast Ugh. is to share things I'm with them. I'm worn out. I'm worn out from being upset about this. They're only being allowed 15 minutes per 20 jurors. Okay. Which is 45 seconds. Per, are you doing the math? I'm doing, are you math. doing 15 a- minutes. For, per 20, right? And you have 200, you so you got to do 15 minutes your, 10 times. Your we'll be calculator? Done in, we'll be done in less than three hours. That's great. It's very efficient. It's not gonna, it's not Judge Burke wins again.
It's not going to work that way. And I think, you know, what I am really concerned, I'm seriously. What's all, your, con- your concern is? My concern is him getting a fair trial. And, and, and the point is, I want the process to work. If he is, in fact, guilty of these crimes, then I want him to be convicted. But I want it to be done the right way. But I want him to have every chance in the world for a fair trial. Okay, can I reveal what's really going on, okay? Because you're a lawyer, right? Okay. Admit it, you're a lawyer, right? Yeah. No. Huh? From there, There's two different ways to look at jury selection. One way is to eliminate all those who cannot be fair and impartial. And from my perspective, which is probably the perspective of the judge as well, that's the ultimate goal. You is know to that's make, not a compliment to you. Is to make sure that all the jurors who can't be fair and impartial are eliminated, okay? Now, what lawyers want, especially criminal defense lawyers, is they want jurors that are going to kind of be good for their side of the case. And that's not what jury selection is about. It's not, that's, that's, that's not um, part of the requirements of jury selection. The requirement is get rid of the people who cannot be fair and impartial, Okay, whether or not juror one, two, three and four are good, better for the state or better for the defense based upon these questionnaires and the the voir dire to me is irrelevant. That is the fine tuning. That's where the lawyers are trying to do their best to get a, a good jury for themselves. But that's not the test. The test is fair and impartial. But people lie. That's what I'm concerned about. I am concerned about. People who are trying to get on this jury because they have an agenda. Perhaps they're pro-Me Too. Perhaps they're anti-Me Too. But there are a lot of people in New York who don't have jobs, okay? There's a lot of those that I have seen in jury pools, and they're just like, yeah, sure. I got nothing to do today. I'll sit on the jury. So, so you're concerned about what we refer to as the stealth juror. Yes. The juror who comes to court with an agenda. Yes. But doesn't reveal that agenda. Sure. Because they lie. Yeah. Or they don't say things that they actually could uh, give to the lawyers and, and the judge to give a fair picture of who they are and why they're there. I am concerned about about that. You know, New York is a very interesting place because there's so many trials that we cover and there are the, the communities are just working. Like everybody works. Either they're working at the coffee shop or they're doctors or lawyers or. Are those I guys mean, on the bicycles who deliver things? Yes. But New York is filled with people who do not work during the day. And. When you're picking a jury, sometimes you, I mean, you get a ton of people who are self-employed. They can't they can't be on the jury because they won't make any money. And then there's the people who have nothing to do, who think, yeah, this is great. And there are a lot of people who almost fell into the Harvey Weinstein pool, and they think they just hit the jackpot. Yeah, well, I mean, that's to me, that's up to the lawyers. They've got to figure out if someone is not being honest, if they just have a gut feeling or through the questionnaire or the 45 seconds of questioning, they figure out that this person has some agenda. (laughs) She's rolling her eyes. It's impossible in 45 seconds. I can barely order my cup of coffee in the morning, and you think I'm going to pick a freaking jury. (laughs) All right, so uh, jury selection uh, ongoing, but also ongoing at the courthouse, and we expect this uh, throughout the trial. Protesters. Yes. And the question is, how will the protesters and what's happening outside the courthouse impact what's happening inside? We'll talk about that next.
For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel -gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front row seat to justice. The Harvey Weinstein trial obviously will be determined ultimately by the evidence inside the courtroom that the jury listens to and comes to some determination about what happened. And then they take the law that the judge gives them and apply the law to the facts and they render a verdict. Right. Yeah. But this case is a little different than most. I mean, it, it, it's worldwide attention and so closely linked to the Me Too movement and other issues like that, that there's going to be a bit of a spectacle outside of the courthouse. And it started day one. Absolutely. Day one, you had um, press conferences and moments from uh, stars like Rose McGowan and Rosanna Arquette and uh, other accusers coming out there and in and, and, and sh a show of support, uh, including a, a couple of people I know that you've spoken to. Right. So the Lauren Savan, she is a journalist, and uh, we sat down and spoke to her and at least some of her interviews uh, with us are on CourtTV.com. And if we have been airing them, we'll continue to air them throughout the trial. Also, Dominique Hewitt, model actress, who spoke to us about her accusations against Harvey Weinstein. She was there day one in a show of support, and a lot of them did speak to the press. Absolutely. So at this courthouse, which uh, Seema knows very well because she practiced there for so many years in, in New York, I've seen it on TV <laughs> you were there, too. No, I've been there. I've been there a few times. But uh, at that courthouse, I mean, you've got it, it, it's I think it's hard to avoid some of this, isn't That's it? That's the problem. Exactly. So and when I say avoid, I'm talking about the jurors, obviously. Yeah. So the courthouse has uh, two entrances in the front and then there's also a back entrance. And in the back entrance, you can only get in with an I.D., but I think jurors can get in there. And that's almost in a way. If they were smart, they would have the jurors enter and exit through the back entrance to avoid things like protesters uh, and supporters or who will be there. Who, I right. mean, they've been there already. They will, will certainly be there uh, at the big moments of the trial or perhaps throughout the entire trial as the testimony is going on. It, it'll be fascinating to see. But the concern always is, OK, is anything outside the courthouse going to in some way influence the jurors. And and they're told not to watch television, stay off your phones. But what does it if matter? If anyone talks about it, ignore it. Right. But it's it becomes more difficult to ignore if sure. the actual protest is at the courthouse where you have to go every That's day. That's why I'm saying, and you've covered trials like this where protesters are in front of the courthouse. How are they supposed to avoid that? I mean, forget about Twitter and the news. Every morning when you come to work to do your job as a juror, you're confronted with signs and chants and screaming and yelling. Yeah, it, it becomes very difficult. Some of those cases uh, I have seen where the, the jury may have been sequestered. So they have the, the sheriff's department has complete control how to get them in and out of the courthouse. Didn't the defense ask for a sequestration? I, I believe they <laughs> would like that. I mean, that's kind of expensive. New York hotel rooms for, you know, yeah. 16 folks over the course of six weeks. I wish they were sequestered and staying in our hotel. Oh, my God. It would be like a party every night. So now during the course of jury selection, and this really was amazing to me, a flash mob shows up. A flash <laughs> I mob of protesters. I could not believe that. Now, this flash mob, so loud, the reports were that inside the courtroom where jury selection was taking place, they could actually hear them. So um, I think we can hear them now. Let's take a listen. Hey! 
Okay. Okay. So not only wait, 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 wait. Now I'm listening to them, and oh, okay. the first thing that strikes me is I don't think it's English. It's number one, Spanish. It's Spanish, and I took Italian in high school, so I do not know what they are saying. Okay. Well, I'll tell you now. Maybe you recognize the song. It's uh, "Un Vilador en tu camino," which means a rapist in your path. Oh, boy. That's the song. And what they are chanting is, and this is the English translation uh, that we found on the interwebs, uh, the rapist is you. It's the cops, the judges, the state, the president. Okay. So they're pointing the finger at, like, the whole system. About <laughs> everybody in the world. Right. But not mentioning Harvey Weinstein. Very interesting. So, so this was a flash mob. That is there because they know what the trial is. But yes. I, I guess they tra they're a, a traveling group. That is originally from uh, South America. Like the circus? Yeah, yeah. So and they is... were all dressed in red and black, and it was very choreographed. Like, I, flash give, mob. I give them, like, yeah, a flash mob, a protesting flash mob. Yeah. But there were really, there were some pretty good dancers in there. Like, just objectively speaking, it was really, it was pretty impressive. Now, here's the problem, though. I mean, if, in fact, any of their prospective jurors spoke Spanish, they may have understood what they were saying. If they're like me and they didn't, they just maybe would have been tapping their feet along with the And you know in New York, there is a lot oh, of yeah. Spanish speakers. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I wonder if they'll make a return appearance uh, because this is a group. I, I don't know if there was just a one-timer for them. But ultimately, if things like this are happening throughout the trial, Seema, do you think the defense tries to do something to 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 quash it? What can they do? You know, at one point during jury selection, uh, we heard that one of the prospects just came out and said that her friend or someone she knew had been uh, victimized by Harvey Weinstein. And at that point, the defense said, okay, strike the entire pool because this one person speaking out is tainting these prospects. And the judge said no. So that was almost more blatant to me. That was very disturbing. So if that happens and the judge doesn't dismiss the entire pool, uh, accusers and protesters are not going to do it. So, so answer this uh, for me. The, the fact that all this is happening, do you think there are New Yorkers that are oblivious to how huge this trial is and how how much it is linked to the international uh, movement, the international Me Too movement at this point. Do you think people are oblivious to that or the fact that, hey, I'm, I'm on this trial, they'll sort of expect these sort of things. So the people who've made it through to that process maybe can, hey, okay, I understand yeah. it's a big case, but I'm still going to do my job here. Yeah, I think, no, I think it's a great question. And I also think uh, that New York is such a diverse place. And I don't even mean just culturally or ethnically, but I mean socioeconomically, right? So uh, before I moved, I lived in Bensonhurst, which is a really working class area. So people who- That's uh, in Brooklyn, isn't it? In Brooklyn, yeah. In Brooklyn. So people, you know, if you're uh, if you're someone who uh, works in, let's say, retail or restaurants or plumbing or Inside electrician- Inside sales. Yeah. You know, those, everyone, they know who Harvey Weinstein is, but they're not- 
they don't know as much as uh, someone who's in entertainment, right? So then you have people who are like on the Upper West Side who are like so familiar with entertainment and film and television and news. And so they may have a different perspective on the global phenomenon that is Harvey Weinstein. So I really do think it depends on who you are, where you live in New York. And uh, even though, you know, I refer to Brooklyn as a working class area, there are a lot of places in Manhattan that are still working class areas or neighborhoods. So I I think there are ways that um, having accusers and protesters in front are almost immunizing this jury. And and, and I I think I'm going to give some credit to New Yorkers that, you know, there's crazy things happening all the time in the city. You just, I mean, it's just part of living there. So maybe they won't be as phased by these protesters as, you know, folks across the river in Jersey might be. Yeah. You have uh, people doing uh, gymnastics on the subway. So this, this is that. Now you mentioned two protesters, accusers, celebrities, Rosanna Arquette and, uh, who was the other one you mentioned? Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan. Okay. Well, that is not the end of the list of celebrities. We're going to talk about the celebrity factor in jury selection after this. Follow Court TV live over the air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV. And go to CourtTV.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area. In my hot little hands, I am holding a potential witness list. And Vincent, let me tell you, this is like a who's who of Hollywood. Oh yeah, this this is and this is a more of a celebrity trial than I think anyone I've ever covered before. Because usually you have yeah. one celebrity who's no. on trial at council table, but you look at who's involved in this case. Harvey Weinstein, you know, is famous or infamous, but um, he doesn't even crack the top ten. I thought I was uh, being handed a list of Golden Globe nominations, but no, this is the witness list. So. Just to set it up for everyone, uh, in this case, and this happens a lot in the New York cases, the lawyers will have lists, witness lists of their own. And then they together combine a list, give it to the judge, and the judge will read it out loud. So it's not something that is published or whatever, but from the reporters in the courtroom, they've compiled this, this comprehensive list. So we can kind of guess who's for the prosecution and who's for the defense, but basically the judge reads out this list. And, uh, yeah, so we knew Annabella Sciorra. From The Sopranos. Okay. You just, like, you you literally Tony. have to, like, you Tony. have to jump on top of me. Also from Mr. Wonderful with Matt Dillon, which is a really wonderful rom-com. Check it out if you haven't. But, yes, Annabella Sciorra. Uh, we knew she was going to be testifying because she is a supporting witness for the indictment. Yeah. But Rosie Perez. That's the one I didn't know, Mom. <laughs> so that's really... <laughs> that's amazing. That's really exciting. So Rosie Perez 
from what we understand, is that she is one of the witnesses that uh, Annabella Shura was with that night or told to that night. So she may be an outcry witness, uh, something to that effect. And, and can I tell you something else? They're not just celebrities, though. They're also New Yorkers, Annabella yes. Shura and Rosie Perez. I mean, Rosie Perez has that Bronx yeah. accent yeah, that yeah, you, yeah. you know, I, love that. I just yeah. love. Yeah. Um, but they're actual New Yorkers. So you talk about relating to a jury. Not only are they stars. But they're one of their own, right? Yeah, homegrown yeah. stars. And Annabella Schur is is not only uh, a star and a New Yorker, but she's one of your own. Yeah, not just Italian. But I told you her storage facility is in New Jersey. Right, of course, right. And and then that's where the Sopranos took place in New Jersey. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay, yeah. so she okay. played a Mercedes Benz uh, dealer. Did she? Yeah, yeah. Tony went to go buy a car, and oh, hey, you know what happened next? No. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, and what's interesting, though, when she was on The Sopranos, that was just a few years after her, um, she says, Harvey Weinstein attacked her. So it was early on in her career. Yeah. And it was uh, just for everyone's reminder. And we have all of this on the website, CourtTV.com. Actually, I think we have a Harvey Weinstein page. uh, And I will actually, I'm in the process of writing something about this celebrity factor and what influence it may have during jury selection as well as the trial. So also on this list, Charlize Theron. That's that's a super A-lister. I mean, you're talking top of the food chain here. She is starring in one of the greatest movies that I've seen in a while, Bombshell, uh, playing Megyn Kelly. And so the and she may be even up for an Oscar. I don't even know. But the point is Charlize Theron. And this is also interesting. So Charlize Theron, she hadn't said anything about Harvey Weinstein until she started doing the press tour for Bombshell. So and this was about like December, just this past December 2019. And what she says is that Harvey Weinstein really promoted this environment of harassing other actresses, like saying, oh, so-and-so is better than you are, or, you know, something to that effect. Kind of, I think her words are pinning actresses against each other. So I don't know what Charlize Theron would testify to. Right. Unless she had some personal experience that uh, we haven't Exactly. Heard about that yet. she hasn't heard. Yes. But, but it, I will say this because of uh, how many interviews she's done about uh, the, you know, the allegations of Fox News and Harvey Weinstein. I don't think she's claiming that he did anything. But, you know, Vinny, there's always witnesses that we need to hear from to set the scene. Sure. To talk about this Hollywood culture. So maybe she's one of those. And that is a super A-lister. I mean, Oof. my goodness. That would not be good for the defense. Yeah, you know who'll be in because court I think jurors generally like celebrities. They 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 tend to believe celebrities. Why? I, 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 there's just something about you feel like you know them already. Okay, that's what it is. Hold on, though. It's like a Don't... friend of yours testifying, or and I've seen it on the other end where the celebrity is the defendant. And sometimes they testify, sometimes they don't, but they seem to get the benefit of the doubt. Jurors like them. Question: Does it depend on? the character we associate the celebrity with. No, not at all. Okay, that's a good note. I I think because Charlize Theron played that, remember that monster Monster, yeah. Who was like a- Eileen Warnos. She got the death penalty. She was like killing people. She was killing Johns. So even if she was killing Johns, we still like her. Who? Oh, Charlize, Charlize Theron. Theron. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, she we was, like her. We're good. Yeah, we don't like Eileen Warnos though. She was, on, she was no, literally we, a she's monster bad. in the she's court bad. We don't like her. She's that was bad. on court TV but, years ago. But okay, so now you're she saying- even if Charlize Theron- who we are now associating with Megyn Kelly. That's okay. We still we, like her. I, I, I don't even look at her for any of her characters. Okay. I look at her as and just we a like super A-list 
Okay, so we like her. We like Annabella. We like we love Rosie Perez. Now, Salma Hayek and her Golden Globes. Another another A lister. Did you see her at the Golden Globes? Uh, I did not see that. Are I, you lying I, to me? Yeah, you're lying. No, I'm not lying. Yeah, I did lying. not watch just, the Golden oh, Globes. Please, I think that. there was you saw her Golden sports. Globes. I think I was watching Ray Donovan. Her Golden Globes were on display, but also lovable. Salma yep. Hayek, lovable, starring in a new movie with Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne, Lady Boss. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a big time for her. Yeah, I don't know that one. Now she, Salma Hayek, was also someone who came out early on making accusations that Harvey Weinstein consistently made passes uh, at her. And she came out with this essay in the New York Times back in December 2017. So, again, I think she's another type of fact witness. And here's the question. Super powerful. Here's the question, okay? You have the three accusers, including Annabella Shiora, part of the indictment. Then you have your three prior bad act witnesses. Now, at this point, we're only told there are three prior bad act witnesses. What does the jury think when you have these women, which I like to refer to as backdoor accusers, okay? You got Charlize Theron saying that he made uh, you know, work intolerable for Hollywood actresses. And you've got Salma Hayek who said he kept going after me. She had to keep saying no. She had to keep saying no over and over again. Shower with me. Give me a massage. Blah, blah, blah. All these accusations. Is this a way that prosecutors are now backdooring accusations against Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, and also bolstering the credibility of their accusers that this is not the first time that he's done it. So it's it's not he said, she said, it's uh, he said, they say. And, and that's a huge problem for the defense. But from my perspective, as long as they're testifying truthfully, it's the truth. It's who he is. If they're believed. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's, I listen, I think this is making it tougher and tougher. The more we find out about this trial, it's, it's getting more difficult. And again, when these prospects come in, the judge reads this list. And uh, so these jurors are on notice that they're going to hear from these Hollywood A-listers. But the celebrity factor doesn't end there, my friend. You know why? You know why? Because it's not just the witnesses. It's not just the witnesses. One prospective juror is a household name, Gigi Hadid. Yeah. I am dying. She may be the biggest Dead. star of them all. Dying. If she ends Dead. up in the jury, right, she'll be the biggest oh star in the gosh, whole trial. Oh, gosh. I can't even imagine. As much as I believe Charlize and Selma are superstars, sure. Gigi Hadid, oh, yeah. uh, I think, with the especially with the younger folks. Yeah. With the, the young, kids today. With the kids. With the kids. With the kids today. <laughs> and and the uh, Insta Snap and all that stuff. Yeah. The, 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 you know. Snapchatting. Yeah. Yeah. All that Instagramming. stuff. She's huge. Oh, yeah. And worldwide. You want to hear what's so funny? So- I've never seen this where the, where the biggest star in, in a celebrity trial could be in the jury box. Yeah. So it's so funny. So Arthur Idala, one of the lead lawyers, right? He's walking out of court uh, the other day, and I think a reporter from Variety was like, oh, Arthur Idala, what's going to happen if Gigi Hadid is on the jury? And he said, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know who she is. I have kids. I only know who Bert and Ernie are or something like that. Yeah. He was wearing his fedora on the way out. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, in, 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 uh, Arthur's defense, our Ted Rollins, the only reason he knew Gigi Hadid is because Gigi Hadid was dating Tyler Cameron, who was one of the bachelors on the last, uh, series of the bachelorette. And you know, our Ted <laughs> Rollins is a big, 
Yeah. Bachelor, Bachelor. Fan. So he didn't know who Gigi Hadid was either. Wow. But, you know, we're all old. But the young folks are going to go crazy. Yeah. I couldn't necessarily pick her out of a lineup, but I knew the name and I knew how big she was. Is it going to be a distraction if she's on this jury? Uh, for who? I don't know. For me, I'm only going to be looking at her. I may not be paying attention to any evidence. I, You're going to call me on your show and, I, and you can say, Seema, how did court go down? I'm like, I don't know, Vinny, here, but Gigi was wearing a great scarf. Here's, here's why I respect Gigi. She was given an easy out from jury selection because she knew Harvey Weinstein had probably had spoken with him. She knows Selma. I believe she knows Charlize. And she raised her hand and she said, no, I know these people, but I can still be fair and impartial. I, I give her so much credit. It's amazing. What an incredible young lady that she is still willing to do her jury service. And we thank you, Gigi, because we want to look at you every day. Exactly. Okay, so if Gigi is seated as a juror or not, What's going to actually happen at the trial? Oh. All right, we'll talk about that next. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front row seat to justice. All right, folks, it's actually going to happen, okay? This is the way. You have jury selection, and then the trial well, actually begins. Knockwood. I always have to say Knockwood because I, I'm so terrified. What do you think could potentially think happen just, here? There's just, listen, the, the things can go wrong. Stop saying things like that. I'm no, knocking, this I'm trial knocking is the happening. table. I'm knocking my head. Okay, but I just, listen, this this is like my life is depending on this. My All my happiness is riding on Harvey Weinstein's trial. Well, you're, you're going to get a jury. And then we we get into the the trial. And to me, um, nothing really changes other than the fact that the world will be watching. Yes. So let me ask you about that first. Sure. Does that... I don't think lawyers like this are going to be impacted by that, but but, uh, I'd I'd like to know your thoughts on that. Because you spoke with the defense team. Yeah. You know the prosecutor in this case. Yeah. Right? Will the fact that the world's watching change anything? I'll speak to the prosecution first. So Joan Aluzzi, she was actually also the prosecutor on the Aton Pates case, which was a net, it was very high profile, the first uh, child to ever be on a milk carton. And uh, obviously not the same type of worldwide press, but she's had several high profile cases. She ran for district attorney of Staten Island, Richmond County. So she is very uh, savvy with the press. And I do not... I'm not concerned about her at all. She is the best of the best. Uh, and her second chair, Megan Host, I think her name is, I don't know her well, but, but not she's not going to try the case any differently. No. That it, just because the world is watching. No. No. She'll, I be, think, she'll be prepared. I think she's prepared, focused. But she's very outgoing, right? Inside the courtroom. Joan? Yeah. Are you <laughs> snickering? Why? Isn't she like very like loud and, and powerful and a huge presence? She is, but she's not outgoing like you're outgoing. No, no, no. You know no, what I mean? No. Like no, you're but aggressive and she's aggressive. Right. Yes, yes. Sometimes people... I'm saying she's like angry outgoing. Like right. you're like charming outgoing. Because sometimes and this is this is uh, amazes me. You know, people watch trials on court TV and sometimes people say, Oh yeah, they're you know, the prosecutor or the defense attorney's doing this because the camera's in the courtroom. Um, this is a case where the cameras Great aren't question. even in the courtroom. 
No, what people don't understand is we're showing you what really happens in courtrooms across the country every yeah. single day. And and pro there are prosecutors that are flamboyant. There are defense attorneys that are flamboyant. It's part of who they are. And they're never playing to the cameras. They're not playing to the press. They want to win the trial. They are playing to 12 people, the people in the jury box. And, and sometimes people can't understand that yeah. fact. They say, oh, oh, because the cameras are there no, and, yeah. the, and the press is there. They're doing X, Y, and Z. No, they're doing that because they want to win the case. This is a terrific point that you are making for our listeners and our viewers. And that is so many prosecutors are so hyper-focused on justice. They don't care about anything like that. And you they know, don't want to lose. Yeah. She, oh, yeah. They, especially hate this losing. case. Well, especially the fact that they went back in the grand jury to get a new indictment to include Annabella Sciorra. I mean, I don't think that a team of prosecutors have ever worked harder for anything. But similarly, I can say from what I know of this defense team, it's the same on their end. They're all working like animals day and night to represent their client better than any other team of lawyers could represent any other client. And I don't think any of those lawyers are doing it for the cameras or the publicity at all. No way. And, 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 and the best analogy I can give, which you might be able to relate to, is it, it's like playing sports, Seema. <laughs> what do I, what do I no. play? Any Kickball? Well, you, you, play, you play tennis, right? I I watch tennis, but okay, okay you we'll watch go with tennis. play. Let's pretend. Okay, so anytime I step on a basketball court, yeah, a tennis court, or more likely a pickleball court, yeah, I'm playing to win. I don't care who's on the other side. I don't care who's watching. I want to win that oh, match. Well I, well, I felt that way about trials. I mean, and that's yeah, the analogy. Yeah, that's it's, the, yeah. it's, it's exactly the same way. It, it's it, there's a competitiveness to it, but it's based upon two things: one, you're competitive, right? But two, you believe in your case. And whether you're a defense attorney who believes in in, in reasonable doubt and and putting the state to their proofs, or you are a prosecutor who is seeking the truth and justice, either way, you believe in your case and you do not want to lose. You're not playing to the press. You're not playing to the yeah. public. You are not playing to cameras if they happen to be in the courtroom. Sure. No, and it's just, it's the worst. It's the worst feeling. I mean, I have lost enough times as a defense attorney to know how awful it is. And then the only thing you can say is, okay, justice was served. And that's how I deal with it. But I'm telling you, these defense attorneys, they believe and they don't innocent. lose either, do they? Donna Vertuno hasn't lost a trial, I think in at least a sex crimes case, in over a decade. Wow. Something like that. That's unusual. Maybe folks. one, but I, I really Extremely I, I, I really don't think so. So uh in terms of opening statements, yes. You know, we are expecting that opening statements will start sometime next week. That's what we're hoping for. And with this potential witness list of approximately 90 people, how long do you think the prosecution's case is gonna go? I I, I think we're looking Four, five weeks. Four or five weeks. Could be. Yeah. Because I think there's going to be extensive cross-examination of a lot of these witnesses. And I think based upon history, with the litigiousness of this case, I think there's going to be breaks. There's going to be things that are going to happen during the course of the trial. Someone's going to file a motion. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. The jury will point. have to be escorted out, and we've got to, we've got to hammer it out with the judge. Yeah, considering it's been happening so often it's already. It's happening now, yeah, yeah, during jury selection. So 
uh, once you get into the actual trial, things will happen. Things will happen every day. And, and the fact that there's things happening outside the courthouse uh, will impact that as well. They, you know, someone may bring up, hey, this happened. And you've got jurors, again, walking in and out. There's just There are going to be issues. It's the nature of the beast. Uh, but how specific do you think the defense will be in their opening statement? Prosecutors obviously have to lay out what they believe the evidence will show. Do you think the defense is going to lay out um, their case, or are they going to be more general in their approach? What do you think? Are they gonna- Another excellent question. So I think we can expect a more specific type of opening statement because of the lead up, because the defense attorneys have consistently given interviews saying that the defense is consent. Number one. Number two is they've given more specifics, such as one of the accusers, and I think we still have her as a Jane Doe, the 2013 accusation, that she uh, engaged in a consensual relationship with Weinstein. So they may discuss uh evidence they have in terms of emails or text messages uh, and also the Annabella Shura, right? So we expect her to testify. So the defense could say, uh, you're not going to know the date. You're not going to know the time because she doesn't know the date and she doesn't know the time. So I don't think it's one of those non-opening openings where you talk about the constitution and wave a white flag. Yeah. One more question on the opening statements. Will the defense do that, that little thing they do where, they humanize their client by walking over and putting their hands gently on his shoulder <laughs> and say, my client, Mr. Weinstein, well, okay. sits here presumed innocent, ladies and gentlemen. And like, that's the oath you took. Like a coat that he's wearing. Yeah. It just cloaks him in innocence. So uh, here's the deal. Every morning, right? Donna Rotuno and Damon Tronis walk into court with Harvey and they kind of help him with yes. the walker and help him up the stairs. So at, at in those moments, they they inadvertently maybe touch him or put his, their hand around him. So I think it'll be something like that. I don't think it'll be natural. Yeah, I love when defense attorneys do that. Put your hand on my shoulder. Why do you love it so much? Because I know it's it, sometimes it's not legit. Sometimes it is. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it isn't. I've done it legit once. All right. Or we're twice. getting ready, folks. It's going to happen. Mostly not legit. It's going to happen. Don't forget, you can watch us on television as well. Yes, we're on Court TV, and, babe. And, and we'll be up in New York when this whole thing starts. So you'll see us from our New York studios. <laughs> oh, it's How so about exciting. That? So exciting. Fantastic stuff. And if you're trying to find us on television and you have a digital antenna and you've had it for a while, please rescan it because you rescan it. I bet you're going to find Court TV (laughs) is now available in your town and city. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.